This is a HeadGum Podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So, I'm in front of the mirror and I'm applying my clown makeup before the show and Hugh Jackman puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, can you help me put my makeup on too? And I was like, you were going to lose that hand, Hugh? I mean, where does he find the audacity? Hey, what hey, up, what up? What up, what up? Welcome to Hollywood Handbook, an insider's guide to kicking butt and dropping names in the red carpet lineback hallways of this industry we call showbiz. I'm Hayes Davenport. I'm here with Sean Clements. Start the show, I guess, by um, serving ourselves a big bowl of humble pie. Yeah, or even put it on a plate, you know, uh, depending mm-hmm. on the consistency of the humble pie or how long it's been out of the oven. Uh, you it's know, a little it runny. A firm it sometimes is a if little it's runny. runny, or if you're I, doing it a la mode, I, let's just get a bowl. I don't like to use a lot of sugar. And so, we're gonna eat the humble pie, and we've decided what receptacle to use, and and we have to eat it because this is a bit of a follow up. We did a segment a few weeks back called Ant Wrong that was very good and very funny, but it had some problems that we didn't see at the time. A few episodes ago. We addressed some of our critics on iTunes who gave us one-star reviews, and we at least tried to explain to them why they were wrong and why the show is actually very good and it's funny and it's a, it's a nice show. And while all those one-star reviews remain wrong, we have to doff our caps to a gentleman named Tim Pearson, who's going to be the star of our first right segment I wanted to say wrong when I started reading his thing but I I re-listened to our segment and I reread his post and, and it's very smart and good he was actually right and he's ant right Tim Pearson wrote to our Facebook page which you can do everybody hop on Facebook and send us a message on the page if you've got constructive feedback like Tim does we want to hear it this was a personal message just to Sean and I, mm-hmm. uh, that, and not to the whole team, which uh, which we appreciated because it is so perceptive. Uh, it could have really done like he probably just didn't want to do any damage to our reputation. Well, he puts it on the forums. That forums a ghost town the next day because yeah. people are gonna sort of see the paint starting to chip on some of what we've been selling them. But we're you know we're. We've come this far in this industry because we're honest and we... Um, because we're honest and because we're willing to learn and grow. And you're never you're never too old to learn something new. And Scoop Troop, that's one that you may want to get laminated because you're going to need to keep that tip for quite some time. Tim writes, Come on, guys. Dot, dot, dot. And it seems like that might be a sub- meant to be a subject, but you can't really do a subject on Facebook message- messages. So it's more of a title of the mm-hmm. post. Come on. And I, and I almost think it's, come on, guys. I've been an avid listener for about a year. Very impressive time frame to say you've been an avid listener for. Show's only been out for about four months. I think it's possible that he means he is an avid listener generally just he yeah up until about 18 months ago he was talking rather than listening mm-hmm. and he's finally taken the cotton balls out of his ears and he shoved them in his mouth he, he's a student of of listening now that's right for well for about a year and he's gonna prove it i stumbled upon episode 18 i like when our <laughs> avid listeners stumble upon episodes it of our further show. underscores that he might not be an avid listener of our show uh, because he fi- seems to be finding them by accident. Yes, he seemed to have literally tripped and fell and mashed his keyboard. And then when he stood up, iTunes was playing episode 18, which is not how most avid listeners get to episode 18, but Tim's a unique talent. I stumbled upon episode 18. 
and the negative feedback you guys read on the air. So he stumbled upon the episode and also the stuff that was in it. And they negative feedback. And they negative feedback. That's yes. We, we read on the air. I can understand you guys being upset at people saying it's a boring podcast with the two of you just making inside jokes, etc. It happens. Uh, I hate to keep stopping down like this, but I do want to talk about that sentence. Sure. I can understand you guys being upset and people saying it's a boring podcast with the two of So he can see both sides of it. One side being that the podcast is bad and the other being that we our feelings are hurt by that. Yeah, you could remove either piece. He could say, I can understand you guys being upset, but you pull that out. I can understand people saying it's a boring podcast. It happens. It happens. Not every show is exciting every day. So take the bad. Not he says it happens. Not every show is exciting every day. So take the bad with the good. And is that, I is that for all of us? Yeah. Who's he saying? Not, not every show is exciting every day. He. It feels like he's saying that to us, as if right. we were upset about our show, about not our being own exciting. show being bad, and we should be more accepting of our bad shows because sometimes our shows are good. And we weren't really we weren't willing to just take it. Right. That makes sense. Thank you. Tim writes, but when defending yourself against the feedback, you guys didn't give any reasons at all. All you said was, we are funny and this is a good podcast. That's not an argument. The feedback stated examples, but you guys just replied with no. You are wrong. Worst debate ever. The lack of intelligent self-defense anger me, and I turned it off. It took under a minute for me to turn on you guys. I felt bad, but you really gave no reason why the feedback was wrong. All you did was say, no, sir, we are funny, so there. No, apostrophe, S-U-H. Eh, right. Eh, right. Unfortunately... This guy's ain't right about us. When we went back and listened to it, there were a lot of great examples in the iTunes reviews of why the show wasn't good. Like, For example, it was boring. It was boring. It was not funny. It was not funny. These guys aren't funny. It shouldn't be an Earwolf podcast. I'm surprised it's an Earwolf podcast. It's boring and rude. It's rude. Um, All of those were pretty specific examples of what they didn't like. And so for us to say, no, you're wrong, that's the worst it, debate ever. And it really was the worst debate ever, looking back on it. Well, half the debaters didn't even show up. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if the presidential debate was just Al Gore is just reading something that George Bush wrote on a message board and going like, I don't think so. Not me, and I certainly wouldn't listen to that's it, part even of the if reason, I was an avid listener. That's part of the reason he lost. So, Tim, we hopefully are going to be able to have a more satisfying debate this time and respond with some more specific examples. So, you say, the lack of intelligent self-defense anger me, and I turned it off. Well, what about this for intelligent self-defense? We're not just funny, we're smart. And that's part of what makes the show so good. And instead of turning it off, you should turn it on. Turn it on. Because it is so good. Because it's so funny, And it's really fun to listen to. And it's a nice show. It's a nice show that people like. And you said that it took under a minute for you to turn on us. Well, you, you should have taken longer and you really shouldn't have done it at all. Yeah, you shouldn't have turned on us, and you should have taken five or even ten minutes to just listen to it and just not be mad. And you say that all we did was say, no, sir, we are funny, so there. And we did say that because we are, and we are funny. And yes, sir, we appreciate the feedback, but at the same time, hey, think about it. This is a really funny, good podcast. So, Tim... We hope you stumble upon this episode as well, and we hope you listen avidly, maybe for a whole year. Now, we're going to be putting Tim's uh, message in full up on the forums, 
for everybody to read to and start the debate to keep the to keep the debate going. We don't want this debate to be one sided. Mm-hmm. We've obviously thrown some haymakers in terms of arguing these points. Yeah, but we're sticking it out there and uh, letting you guys chime in. Is it funny and good, or is it just smart and funny? You know, that's going to be the the thing we want to find out. Well, two days ago was the Oscars, and when we're recording this, we haven't not watched yet. But well, we won't be watching. But when it, on Tuesday, when you're listening to us, we we didn't watch. We will have been not watching the following day from today, which is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And here's the reason why we don't watch that show. Art is not a competition. Why would art be a competition? It's not baseball. You're not trying to do it the fastest? What are you trying to get done first? You're not throwing a ball or hitting a bat. There are no points. You're not keeping score or mm-hmm. have a glove on. There's not even... There are fans. There's fans, I guess, there I guess but there's no home play and there's no big right. art stadium. Right. Well, the Milwaukee Brewers isn't an art team. No, that's true. Nor are the Padres. So, to me, it seems like when people try to make art a competition, they're really trying to make art baseball. Baseball's baseball. But art is really something that is intangible Mm -hmm. and so rich and layered that trying to evaluate different pieces of art on the same scales, not just comparing apples and oranges, Mm -hmm. it's comparing watermelons and an angry gorilla. It's true, and to imagine giving a watermelon and an angry gorilla a prize for best movie, it doesn't, like, why would you do that? Neither one of those is a movie. No, it's, no, exactly, exactly. And that's the problem with what the Oscars have become. So what we like to do uh, is provide a counterpoint to, to the Oscars instead of celebrating the people who tried to turn art into baseball. And yes, tried to make it a big business like baseball. We prefer to celebrate the people who in the past year opted out of the competition and did not get nominated for anything. In fact, didn't make any movies at all. In fact, ultimately didn't make movies because they didn't want to participate in a corrupt system. Mm -hmm. Hayes and I haven't had the guts to do that. And man, we're admitting a lot of stuff about ourselves today that's maybe negative. We, I like to think we're trying to do it from the inside, which is another way It's another way to change the system. But ultimately, when we're putting out movies and they're making fuckloads of cash Mm -hmm. and we're swimming in it, aren't we a little bit part of the problem. We're trying to make movies that don't make as much money and just tell truths, but everybody wants to see our shit. It's people, I like to think of it as uh, there's the people chipping away outside the walls, outside the walls, trying to knock the walls down, chipping away with little screwdrivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're on the inside tossing food over mm-hmm. to them because yeah. they get hungry, they get so tired doing that. And yeah, and maybe we're going like, try, there's a drawbridge over there, like, uh, might fall open a little later, you know, if you want to go make out over mm-hmm. uh, behind that tree over there, you know, like maybe we're making out with them. So, without further Cause they, ado... Because they're strong, <laughs> they get really strong from uh, from doing all the picking. Oh yeah, like, if you're chipping away with a screwdriver, you're going to get shredded. And it seems like it would be nice to... I don't know, maybe make out with. Hey, look. I mean, what is this? We're like Tim any gonna other. send me another message about this? It's like, I'm a human man. Yeah, I'm we're a... just a couple of normal. At the end of the day. Yeah. It's nature. At the, at the end of the day, we put our underpants on one pair at a time like everybody else. Now, let's go to the Notskers. That's the name of our counterpoint awards show that we're doing right now where we give out prizes uh, to the truly deserving artists who made art by just not doing it at all, and that's the best kind. So the first Notsker category, Mm -hmm. Outstanding Achievement and Not Making Movie. Mm. And the nominees are Lyle Menendez. 
Uh, Rube Goldberg. Truffaut. Annika Sorenstam. Kevin Smith. And Michelle Wee. And the winner is... Uh, let me get the envelope open. Lyle Menendez! Congratulations! Especially for considering that his brother, uh, Robert? Uh, yeah, uh, Robert or Keith Kyle? Menendez. Kyle? Is it Kyle and Lyle? Anyway, the other Menendez, we don't learn his name because he's out there making movies. Yes, he sold out uh, and he made uh, a couple movies this year. Yes, and... Uh, Pacific Rim. Yep, Pacific Rim, Lego movie. And so, for us, we couldn't really give him a Oscar. Mm -hmm. And it's all the more impressive that I'm sure he was in Lyle's ear all the time because they might even share a bunk in prison mm -hmm. going like, hey, I got this really cool project bubbling. Like, we've got some good talent attached. And Lyle's just got to go, no. I'm too I'm, brave and principled. I'm just going to stay in jail, thank you very much. Yeah, for killing my parents. Next category, Lifetime Achievement Award in uh, in the Notskers and not being in a movie. Goes to T-Bowing. <laughs> so if you recall, Tim Tebow was a big sportsman who had... To do prayers every time he had a football in his hand. He was in movies. This award does not go to Tim Tebow. No, no. Tim Tebow was in a commercial where he was in about 10 movies. And if you, and if you saw that, you know why he's not getting it and why we're pissed. And, and, and when we saw him at the potluck the other night at, um, at P P Paul Servino's place, we were, you know, not really going to be that friendly to him or ask him, you know, much about what he's been up to because we saw. Because he was supposed to be a religious guy and he was supposed to have values and now all of a sudden he's taking money in exchange to do movies. I don't think that's what the Bible's all about. And he's not doing it the way we are. No. He's not throwing food over and making out behind a tree with some of the villagers that are chipping away with the screwdrivers. What no. he's doing maybe is just eating the food. Mm, that we... Uh, yeah, not the food the, we not, not threw. The, and not the potluck food. That's not part of the example. No, everybody ate pretty good at that potluck. Yeah, we ate some of that food. That was what it was for. We were supposed to eat there. Yeah. Was that Paul's house or do I have that wrong? It was. I think you're thinking of Chaz. Oh, he was there. Paul was there. Okay. But he, I think he moved out. Right. It was Chaz Palminteri's house. What a delicious. nice guy and delicious. Shrimp scallopini. Parmesan, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the pizza pie. Spaghetti pomodoro. Mm. Yes, oh, the pizza yes. Pie. And the veal. Mm. Mm, yum. Mm. And the uh, sauce. Oh. Mm. Yes. And I think there was wine there. Now, back to Tebowing. What didn't make movies mm. and what he couldn't even get to be in his movies he made for his commercial was the act of doing T-bowing. Mm -hmm. It was something that, for a while, a lot of people were doing, but this year, that decided not to be in, in movies anymore. Taking a stand against the culture of organized money. Yeah, unfortunately, everything's a fucking commercial, and I'm mm -hmm. being producted mm -hmm. everywhere I turn. Mm -hmm. And the organized money monger business mm -hmm. that's ugly head is creeping into my home and my daughter's home. It's getting to the point where you, tr you try to buy some gas and they want a bunch of money. Yeah. You know? You it, try to buy even a box of Girl Scout cookies, which used to be pure and nice. And now it's like, give me money, please. Yeah. More money. 
more money, yum. I mean, that's what some of these Girl Scouts sound like. It's almost to the point where if I just want to drive a fast car around, Mm -hmm. now I got to go to the dealership and give some guy a briefcase full of cash Mm -hmm. and sign some paper. Mm -hmm. Cars belong to the earth, man. (laughs) Anyway, there's one more Notsker to give out. Mm -hmm. Sound design. Sound design. (laughs) And uh, this goes to the rainforest. The rainforest. Speaking of the earth, one of the favorite sounds to be in movies is the sound of big fronds rustling uh, and uh, animals chittering mm. and uh, the and the flow of streams. And then you you hear it for a second, and then a monkey goes. Oh, ah! What a great noise. Uh, two cans. This year... A f- tiny frog might jump and land on, you know, something. Oh, what a nice sound. Mm-hmm. And this this year, that sound was not in movies so much anymore. Congratulations, Rainforest, because I know a lot of movies wanted to... Uh, be having that sound in them and even they wanted to remake the medicine man with sean connery and Mm -hmm. lorraine bracco which was basically only that sound and i remember having a conversation with you the rainforest where you said i'm so sick of this consumer culture Mm -hmm. that's poisoning our veins and it's like if i want to eat some kind of you know powdered donut okay i've got to go into a gas station and like give the guy money that's why big business is trying to get rid of the rainforest because it's too dangerous the stuff it has to say is actually very dangerous deforestation is actually bad and people are starting to listen to the rainforest or they're saying oh we have to get rid of all these trees so they so so we can silence them. Well, good luck. And as a one eighth Native American, I am connected to the earth in such a way where I do, you know, have ability to talk with trees and be friends with rainforest. And so I am sometimes a conduit and relaying this stuff back to big business, mm. and they twist the message, twist the words. And then we'll go and trick the rainforest into getting cut down. And finally, best picture goes to The Shipping News. This movie came out eight or nine years ago. And ever since, they've been trying to get it to come out again. But this movie says, why isn't it okay that movies just come out one time? Break. Yeah. It's time to break the cycle of, of movies coming out multiple times coming out again and again mm-hmm. and being the movie the same movie that it was last year and yes. it's out again now and and, and hogging the all these awards and the premiere again yes and getting every thing. award yeah and the shipping news got all the awards for six or seven years and then finally just said enough we can't keep doing this it's not fair to new movies and new voices that want to get out there it's not fair to my movies where you go to the movies now and all you see is like the Mummy Returns, again. Yeah, or you see uh, Secret Life of David Gale. Secret Life of David Gale. Secret Life of Bees. You know, Aquila and the Bee. Aquila and the Bee. Bee movie. Yeah. Movie 43. Movie 43, which is okay to come out again because and again it's because so it many is movies. so many movies. Yes, it it has to cu- it has to keep coming out at least until all the movies are done. Tim Pearson, I hope you didn't turn it off when we said movie 3, movie 43 and go, "Oh, they use a bad example. We realize we use a bad example. Hayes got caught up in the moment thinking about movies that have come out a lot." Mm. And that one forgetting that it, that one is so many movies. The exception it, rule. It's like 12 freaking movies in one movie. Uh, talk about friggin' bargain. Bang for your buck. Bang yeah. for your buck. I would. Bargain. I'd be happy to pay whatever, $120, whatever it costs to go yeah, just well, to see a movie these days. Just to yeah. Buy, and a, buy oh, between a, the snacks a soda, $600 because or that's really a friggin' popcorn, and the popcorn's the size of the goddamn moon. The soda uh, 
is really actually how they make their money because it's like like just a little uh, eyedropper of syrup. Oh yes, and then oh yes, ice, which is water and which you can just get at home. Mm-hmm. But do they let you bring your own? No, you have to pay for the movie. No, ice. we found out the hard way about that, and it's because it's margins. It's oh yes, and it's the the big markups and the margins. Mm. And what they do is, as much as you think, oh, these movies tickets are you know seventy five dollars or a hundred dollars, and you think, oh, that's the ripoff. Oh, that's but actually now, pretty fair, right? Because the snacks and the soda mainly is where they're getting their money. They know you're going to get thirsty, and syrup's nothing. It's nothing. It's it's just juice. Yes, it's it's from trees it's and from it's the earth. juice and it's so it's like a drop of juice and then a t- ton of ice. And you're and that's what 200 bucks and it's a and, and it's, bubbles. You can get bubbles almost anywhere. Some little kid. It feels like a bargain cuz the size of the drinks a goddamn fucking size of friggin' Antarctica. Mm-hmm. But and, that's an illusion too because it's mostly bubbles. And it's mostly bubbles and ice and bubbles are nothing. They're air. They're, they're just, everywhere. They're all over the place. Yeah. I mean, you're I don't want to get too into physics and stuff on this mm-hmm. cast, but you're actually moving physics. I'm such a nerd for it and it's just like it well, it's how our earth that's works. That's the way everything laws- works. It's sort of the secret code to just a whole the whole to universe. The universe, yeah. But we are Walking in bubbles all the time, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about the way mm-hmm. in uh, Now You See Me where uh, Isla Fisher's in the bubble in the in the commercial for that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about invisible bubbles mm-hmm. and that we are sort of – the way you feel kind of buoyant when you um, – you know when you push your arms in a doorway mm-hmm. and then you get out and your arms just sort of raise involuntarily? Mm-hmm. That's little That's tiny bubbles. Because you're you're allowing the bubbles to collect under your arm by mm-hmm. holding them still, and that's lifting you. And that was the message of that bubble boy who also gets a Notsker this year uh, because his point was when he was not actually in that bubble, he was saying, well, aren't we all sort of in bubbles all the time? And technically we are. I mean, science-wise, we are technically in bubbles. And uh, another thing is that a lot of basketball players just have more bubbles around them, and that's mm-hmm. why they jump so high. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever read um, uh, Freakonomics or um, what's another physics book? Uh, David and Goliath. David and Goliath. I mean, that's just telling you that, like, sometimes you succeed by having less because when it seems like you have nothing, you actually have all the bubbles. Infinite bubbles. bubbles. Yeah, so much bubbles. We have a great guest today. Thanks for watching the Notskers. We have a great guest today. Uh, John Gabris is here from Guy Code, uh, and he's going to talk with us in one second on Hollywood Handbook. Where are your keys? And I fucking lose it. It's like cars don't have keys anymore. Like, what a fucking idiot. It's like, don't worry about it. Just worry about the parking. Worry about you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Hey, what up? What hey, up? what up? What up? Welcome to Hollywood Handbook and Insider's Guide. It's a kicking button dropping. Welcome. Welcome to back. the guest segment. Welcome to the guest segment of Hollywood, of Hollywood Handbook. Handbook and Insider's Guide to, to Kicking, kicking Buttons, Dropping names. names in the Red Carpet Lineback Hallways of uh, <laughs> this industry we call showbiz. Uh, great guest. Great guest. Really cool guest this week, and we are stoked on having him. We've been wanting to bring in an innovator in the talking head space uh, for for a long time. The people do these panel shows. Uh, where they they comment on how do I explain this so uh, people will understand it there's movies Mm -hmm. with actors doing movies characters Mm -hmm. and at the same time there's TV shows which is small movies where they will have a man or a woman with their real name written on the screen and then a credit maybe it's um uh they work for the AV Club, yeah, or um, maybe they work for Split Cider or something, and that's so they're an expert, mm-hmm. and they're just talking about stuff. 
Yes. And it's a, it is their real names, but it's not really them. And it's still TV. And you can't touch them. And like they won't talk back to you. No, don't try to do it. You'll smudge your screen. And mm-hmm. I did it to Hayes' screen because I don't own a TV. And, and now so, it's got burning. And so I didn't know. And now it's got burning. John Gabris. John Gabris. Oh, hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you used my... Uh, my name, John Gabers, which is pretty much how I make my money these days. Right, because yeah. there is really no other name to use. Right. I've never played an, a character on anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been playing the greatest character of them all myself. Yes. Strong 32 years of backstory. It's already there. I don't you, have to fabricate anything. But that's a that's a scary thing to do in a way. Isn't it? The, one of the scariest roles you could play is yourself. That's what mm-hmm. a lot of actors would say. There's a safety... To being in a movie and putting on a mask so no one can see your face, like the Scream guy. Right. One of the, one of the stronger roles we've had in our generation. Matthew, yes. You're speaking of Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Yes. One of and the best Skeet. Ones. Skeet Ulrich. All right. Two of my favorite guys. But to, right. But they, to us, they're just the Scream guys. Yes. Because Skeet Ulrich never did Best Week Ever or I no. Love the 80s or no. anything. No. Too like scary. Only Jamie Kennedy had the courage to, to transition into being someone who just wrote off his right? name. Yes, the experiment when people were being X'd. And it was so scary at that time in Hollywood if you were a big mover and shaker like me and Hayes that you always thought you were being at that yeah, he might come in and fear. kill you. Yes. The only I would say though, not to take anything away from what uh Jamie did with this, but he was facing the camera outwards towards other people. Whereas mm. the real bravery of playing yourself is point turning that camera around, facing it at yourself. Mm-hmm. And speaking directly to the film, directly to the audience Mm. speak on that it's just a big it's a i mean it sounds weird because it's what i do but to talk about it like this i sit down no script Mm. no just the topic what how do you know what to say it's my here's the thing you reach back on yourself and look inside yourself the character of hayes or the character of sean that you're forced to play on a daily basis and you look inside that character and from there you're able to create so say, for example, you're filming an episode of Guy Code. Great. You're a guy. Totally. Is it about finding your own personal code? Mm. Yes. It's, it's more, you give, when they would give me a topic, mm-hmm. say, for example, side chicks. Mm. Like your non-girlfriend girl that you bang. Mm-hmm. You give me that topic, I take that inside. I'm like, what What situations have I been in that involve side chicks? Have I ever been side? John Gabris himself, mm. uh, January 31st, 1982, Mercy Hospital, Rockville Center in Long Island. That's where I was born. From that moment on till the moment I'm in that chair at 1515 Broadway, expounding my ideas about guy code. From that, I have that much history to draw. And you go through it every, every time. Every time. My whole, you know, I'm like... Uh, uh, minority report, you know, memories shooting past. I'm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, manipulate. Oh, you're like it? the movie Minority Report. I've never seen it, but I, mm. I hear that it takes place in the future. So I'm very futuristic in my thought process. You're like the movie, or one of the, or like the diversity in Hollywood reports that come out. Where the, they my, say, like, uh, the how variety, many, varieties, yeah, or, or, or how many writers' rooms, or have, one of like, the characters uh, in that movie. I'm just trying to pin down what you're saying. I'm no, I'll never be a character in a movie unless the movie Good. is a documentary or a biopic about John Gabris or someone in John Gabris's life where as I would appear as mm-hmm. myself in or that. a string of talking head appearances that is like movie A film, yeah, a mm-hmm. film that's like let's just attack the 4th of July in general and let's get some talking heads to mm-hmm. riff on Independence Day, not the film, the mm-hmm. holiday. Mm-hmm. Or the the film. Sure. I would, I'm not against, you know, meta theatricality in that way. Let's sit mm-hmm. down and make a movie about guys talking Talking about another movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, and call but it the most. Sa- one of the more original ideas you can have yes. is taking an idea and just doing it again in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that some of the bravest art comes from just having people talk about something they saw or something they know. Mm-hmm. And isn't that really all we're trying to do when we make these movies is these complicated metaphors because mm-hmm. we don't have the courage to just straight up say, hey, being a side chick is a hard job. Right. Like in mm-hmm. 12 Years a Slave, you never actually hear their opinion on slavery. 
They're too scared. They're too scared. They're too yeah, scared. they're stuck in their characters, using their characters as a shield from voicing their true opinions. Because like, if I'm sure. in that movie, you cut to me, green screen. Maybe there's like a, a willow tree behind me, and I'm saying. I think slavery is bad, no matter what year it is. Okay. Well, we don't okay. take we, it's We're, not the place is, of this show, show to take a position. Yes, right. But you can say yes. whatever you want. But absolutely, but with the understanding that a John's guest on the show that's John's is not the voice of the show itself. Both sides have something and to say. Certainly and certainly not as far as the Earwolf and <laughs> Network, larger Earwolf Network yeah, is concerned. The Earwolf Network, I would venture to say, would probably disagree with John, and I don't know, but we don't say one way or the other. But yes, but that's but, but, but that's Moby Dick. Slave is a yes, a cowardly movie. You're absolutely you got, right. You got a coward like Brad Pitt up there, mm-hmm. who basically just doesn't even know maybe even what slavery is from his performance, as near yes. as I can tell. Meanwhile, we got John Gabers on the front lines doing about the scariest thing you can do, other than be you know see a Frankenstein. Imagine mm-hmm. a, a, what kind of film you would have if in that moment when Brad Pitt goes to help the guy who plays uh, the assassin. Uh, I don't know his name. E.G. of four. Yeah, I'm not going to try to say it. But what if in that moment instead Brad Pitt just looks directly at the camera and is like, I'm uncomfortable with this whole situation. Mm. I, Brad Pitt. Mm. Yeah. I, Brad Pitt, and I'm comfortable with this situation. I just want you to know. And then he had a couple of funny one-liners about like, uh, more like 12 years of babe, something like that. Instead of what he does, which is be like, I'm not even Brad Pitt right now. Yeah, I'm I'm like Chucky, whatever my name was in that movie. Yeah, I think it was... Chucky McCracken, yeah. something like that. It was Chucky McCracken. It's cowardly. And in all his other movies, he never said whether Babel was like a bad thing. Or like yeah. or he didn't have any funny jokes about Babel. Yeah. Because that's part of that's another part of what I do as um I don't know if you want to call it uh talking head or philosophizer or comment you know, like social commentator, whatever you want to call it. Like the other thing you have to do is the way to hit the message hardest is with humor. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I'm in there, I'm not just saying side chicks are a good thing or side chicks are a bad thing. Because in opinion, yes, you have to take a strong stance. Mm-hmm. That's I'm already one step ahead of most of Hollywood at this moment. Mm. I'm making a choice about how I feel about something. But then I'm delivering it with a little bit of sugar, a little bit of humor to get it past your guarded defense of like, I'm not listening to these assholes. I don't mm-hmm. care what they have to say about side chicks. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that made me giggle and made me think. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes I'm laughing so hard mm. that I don't even know I'm learning. Right. And then, and then I'm like laughing, bussing up, laugh my whole shit off. And then I turn and I look at my side chick and I realize I feel a little differently about her. And you sneak in. It's the Trojan War Horse. Yes, is it's, what exactly it is. The, it's exactly the Trojan War Horse, that old fable. Mm-hmm. And. And it's and if you, you guys get, don't know that story at home, please look it up at the library and please read you it. Gotta, don't it's don't so, watch Troy. Don't learn it from Troy, the film Troy, because no one's voicing how they feel about it throughout. Oh, the Brad Pitt's Especially such Brad a coward Pitt. in that. Yeah, yeah. you're He's like being I, Achilles. What the f? Who cares about Achilles? I want to know how everyone who's in that situation, or even if you don't have an opinion on it, I want to hear you try to come up with an opinion on it. I'd like mm-hmm. to see the real Achilles looking at camera telling me if he thinks, you know, motorcycles are cool. Or what <laughs> What the 90s were about. That, hey, you're preaching to the choir here, boys. That's what was movie. interesting about the 90s, maybe we could hear him say. any, Maybe any toys that were good back then that A you remember? A movie that came out? Mm-hmm. We call it a commercial. Yeah, but with a dash of humor. Mm-hmm. Always. That's the important yes. part, you guys. Because I want you to understand, we call it the giggle think. You giggle, mm. and it forces you to think. It shakes the rust of your preconceived notions off. Yes. You laugh. Biology. It's opening. It's like a, We're it's like a, a jab. We're science nerds yeah. in here. Yeah. It's like a jab in a, in a sparring match. You throw a jab, it shakes up the defense a little bit. You can and you see laugh. Some, and you laugh. Yeah. And we're, you get yeah. punched in the face. You, it's instinctive that mm-hmm. you giggle a little. Yeah, That's, we're sports heads, too. We understand that both metaphors you're using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's from evolution and caveman times. Yes. Yes. And I, I would love... Oh, see, now, that's another thing a lot of people don't realize. If you look at early cave drawings, there's not really profiles 
of the cavemen. It's straight on. It's straight on. It's mm-hmm. flat. It's uh, you know, it's right on at the caveman. So that that's a lot of people are saying that that's you know, it, it's the art form has been around since the beginning. And there's and, a and there's a Chiron at the bottom. Yeah, that it usually says, says like you know, like uh, uh, haze of the forest. From yeah. yes, or how sparks queer as folk. It says yeah. in that old cave drawing. And an interesting fact about cave drawings too is that they didn't. Uh, ever draw those drama and comedy masks until mm-hmm. I think around Brad Pitt era cave drawings. Mm. Right. What they used to draw is just real faces making a frown or a smile. Yes. And more importantly is that a lot of people don't know this, but yes, the masks, comedy and tragedy, but the human face itself is actually capable of almost you know 10 to 12 different emotions. Mm-hmm. Faces and expressions. And it's such a shortcut now for these people in movies to when they're trying to pretend that they're sad just putting on the tragedy mask yeah or when they want to laugh they just put on the comedy mask like kevin james like almost never takes his comedy mask off yes 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 i mean yeah and he's it's like at least put on the drama mask once in a while Mm -hmm. you know because some stuff in the world is pretty tough to deal with or and sad i'll say take the mask off let's see the real mask underneath and we're not brave enough to do that, but God bless you for doing it, John. Well, th- thank you, guys. I'm trying. You know, <sighs> I'm just trying to do what I can do out there. Just voicing my opinion on various subjects. Like, let me know. Hey, another thing that another thing that I've been getting into lately is throwing up a viral video and then riffing off that. Wow. Sort of. Uh, uh, sort because- of. It's like art history. It's like uh, being an art historian. You know, you throw up a little video. It is of, like art history. Yeah, it's like art history. It's like uh, it his. It's like underline art his because I'm a mis- you know misogynist. Mm-hmm. So sure, it's his. A misogynist. I like to say. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? <laughs> That's what your tattoo says, Hayes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mister Sogenist. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mister Sogenist. I wish I could do that because that's a funny character, but I don't do characters. I can only yeah. play John Gabrus. Engineer Brett, you can have that character because John can't use it. Yeah. What do you say? I'll take it, Mr. Sotomayor. No, what do no, you say? What do, what do you we say, say when someone gives us a character? When someone does something generous, what do we say? What do we say? Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you, sirs. You're welcome. No, that was very take kind. It back. That was very... Okay, I was going to say that was very kind of you, but I think him just having that for that long was already a gift from you guys. Mm. He doesn't deserve it. How brave of you to go after viral videos and not be afraid of any response from them? We put them on such a pedestal of like this guy falls off a golf court, a golf cart or a golf course. This guy or a golf court. Yeah. Th- <laughs> This guy rides on a you know a sofa that's being dragged by a boat. Mm-hmm. Ha, yeah, great. You're building art, but someone's got to commentate on. One that. second, I'm sorry, Brett. New character, a judge at a golf court. A golf court? Yeah, maybe his gavel's a club or something like a putter. Anyway, go ahead, John. Wait, Brett. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes, keep that one, <laughs> Mr. Sajni. One of you guys. One of you pros should have. I don't think we mm-hmm. that should something you throw it to an engineer. Some fucking jerk off. Some fucking <laughs> dial monkey. Yeah, so I like to take I like to take the steam out of them a little bit. You know, oh, I put this up, you know, I shot this on my phone. Check this out. Here, here's the thing. Yeah, that video is funny, but what my opinions of the video are are even funnier. Mm. John, you don't go near Vine, do you? I'll attack Vine. What? It's you know it's hard. But what if they Are do a vine? Danger? What if they do a vine about you? If they do a vine about me, that's the ultimate. We call that in the business the hall of mirrors. When you Ooh, do, when you riff on your own, spooky. when you riff on your own videos, mm. when someone films a video of you playing yourself, and then you pop up and mm. riff on it, the and you don't know which one to shoot. Right, exactly. You don't exactly. So you, you treat it like the end of uh, that film, Enter the Dragon, mm-hmm. um, where you have to slowly knock down mirrors till you find out what's the true core of yourself. Yes, mm. I think mm-hmm. that happened in Conan the Destroyer too. I believe there was this period of time in the '90s when a lot of films had a lot of showdowns happened in the Hall of Mirrors. Mm-hmm. There were just more of them around. <laughs> There's a, there are ways because less now we- the mirrors are like our phones. Now instead of like going to a carnival and looking in a mirror at a hall of mirrors, we just stare into our phones, and we're so afraid just to have a real conversation. Oh, I mean, a real conversation is what I mean. That's what I'm paid to do. That's what mm-hmm. I'm paid. You know, 
scale plus 10% mm-hmm. to do. In a way, you're a surrogate for this iPhone and iMac culture that surrounds us where they're not actually talking to people. So at least there is a person who will talk directly to them about how he feels about side chicks. Yeah, everyone is just shouting into cyberspace, 140 characters, tumbling, you know, doing all this, just throwing it out there and you have to sort through it. Who better to sort through it and deliver you the real strong slightly comedic opinions on various topics than guys like guys like myself guys like Hal Sparks some of the top the, the Michael Ian Blacks you know mm-hmm. these are the of our generation the, the voice of a n- number of generations mm-hmm. now can i ask you you've mentioned viral videos and and vines and taking some of that stuff down do you feel like the industry's changing or like technology is making art move faster Art is moving at a faster rate than it ever has before. As say? the picture gets smaller, though, it's, isn't that something? See, the, here's the thing, Hayes. I, I don't want to correct you, but yes, the picture is the same size, but our image of it is smaller. Uh-huh. Oh, totally, on that a totally speak different. On that, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so the picture's never changed because the way we capture it has always been the same. Yeah. But the way we view it- With a phone. With our Just phone, our image of it, it's an illusion. Yeah, our mind's eye sees it as smaller, but mm. really, it's never shrunk at all. Because we're so, because we're so used to looking at phones. The, the, other thing, the other thing that not a lot of people talk about with this kind of- whatever you want to call it, you know, truth delivering that I'm Mm. doing. A lot of people don't talk about the fact that some people don't have opinions. Some people are Mm -hmm. like, how do I feel about side chicks? How do I feel about a water skiing squirrel? And I got some of them are like, I need to look to someone to explain to me, you know, sort of like a blank slate. Like, I'm not sure how I feel about abortion. Well, here are some opinions on it. Choose wisely. So what I try to do is give the people out there who have a hard time making a, yes. a choice about their feelings. They'd be like, here's a here's how I feel about a water skiing squirrel. Maybe you're on board with me. Maybe you're on board with another one of the talking heads. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it helps. I help deliver opinions upon to people, people who don't people. have. Them. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It makes me so mad when people say opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one, and they all stink because. Not everyone has opinions, just like not everyone has an asshole, and some assholes are good. And, yeah, some don't stink. Like, I would say some that actually, Mike Colton and John Abood from Modern Humorist, yes. when they're giving me opinions, all of a sudden I think, this smells pretty good. And I mm-hmm. bet their assholes are pretty clean as well. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Some of them stink. But if you didn't have an opinion... You would die by being filled with toxic poison. Yes. Like so you have to get one from someone with a good exactly. opinion or asshole that you trusted. So to keep the, keep the metaphor going, you see me on Guy Code. You see my asshole. Mm-hmm. You choose. That's the asshole. I, I don't have an asshole. I want that asshole. Mm-hmm. You take my asshole and apply it to Because you your, got a bunch of them. You got them to spare. I've got assholes to spare. Or you could just copy my asshole word for word, and then mm-hmm. that's your asshole. And now you're able to defecate truth. Mm-hmm. Let's read. We got so many popcorn questions. We do. Uh, should we get right into that? I think we should. Uh, we bought a big bag of popcorn this week for the popcorn gallery. <laughs> What's so, the, so what? What is this? Because I don't. I can only. You know. I've never been asked to speak about your podcast, so I never consumed any of the. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, I don't watch anything because I don't want to tarnish my opinions or you know muddy any of my ideas. We appreciate that. So sure. I only watch. Thanks yeah. for keeping us out of your sights. Yeah, I'm trying not to your watch anything until I'm asked. Like when when you know VH1 does I love podcasts, the radio show. Mm-hmm. I'll be on it straight crushing you guys. But until then, it in. it would be an honor, truly. Sir. Truly. Now to be crushed by the by the best now, is to truly be crushed. Well, and I know that it's done with a little bit of affection. Well, you got to have a little bit of appreciation to focus. Here, why don't we try something? Why don't you guys just have a conversation? I'll and we'll live edit me in commentating on your conversation. Okay, like I would on uh, uh, shows such as Ain't That America with Little Duval, Charlemagne and Friends, Guy Code, mm-hmm. Guy Court. Undateable. I love the 1880s on the History Channel. These all these shows that I've been part of. I'll try to use that energy to sure. commentate on your conversation. Great. Right. Uh, how's your mom doing? Is she any better? Uh, no. All right. So here, uh, no. 
Okay, yeah, how about a little bit of a follow-up here? And Hayes, lay off his mom for fuck's sake. See, that's the kind of thing that I can do. Uh-huh. That, that was yeah. good. Yeah. That was very and, good. Uh, I, and I deserved it. Yeah, see, I, that's another thing. I'm not attacking you guys, but you'll notice when I say something, you're like, he's right. I yeah. was incorrect in my opinion mm-hmm. or my choice of words. And you learned it's something. So long, be it's been so long since anyone's called me out. Mm-hmm. I realize I'm in this stale routine. I, You know, a lot of people compare what I do to what Bill Hicks did. Mm. And I agree. The greatest. Yeah. And everyone was trying to stop him from, from talking about how America is actually very consumerist. Right. And I don't agree with him on that. Whatever, that's bullshit. But I am a soothsayer in the way that Hicks was. Mm. And he would use swears, which is so funny. I can't because most of my shows are on uh, basic cable. Yeah. But... I will swear, but they'll beep it, and I think that hits harder, you know? It's like a commentary on censorship. I wish they would let me pop up as a little talking head during the mm. beep just to say a little something about censorship. But it's usually a one-syllable thing that they're beeping, so. Well, with technology, too, uh, I think that's coming. Yeah, and I'm looking for, I'm looking for that what I want to call micro-commentary, where I'm able to take a, a frame mm-hmm. or one second of material, and I'm able to extrapolate a, you know, a minute or two-and-a-half, three-minute riff on that. Think about what you could do with something like an episode of, like, what's a show? that needs to be taken down a peg or two um uh dancing with the stars mm. <laughs> and you know because okay. like people, okay. people have a lot of opinions about that but maybe they need to hear from me on an inch by inch basis exactly how to feel about every moment what is that show i i haven't watched it because i've never been asked to speak on it but i'm excited okay oh, yeah so that's good. Um, let's wild. get into the popcorn gallery. Now, this is a segment, so hard to explain, but when people uh, exist uh, and are sort of chiming in, uh, got it. they're like the peanut gallery. Right. So mm-hmm. when you go to the movies... You're not eating peanuts. You're eating popcorn. Got this it. shows about movies stuff. Popcorn thing is like kernel? a question. Like a question. Thank well, you. the kernel is before it's been popped, and you shouldn't eat that. No, you're supposed to eat it. A popped you're, you kernel. Got, you got to cook it first, right? Right. These and are that- already cooked. The audience cooks the kernels for us in question form, mm-hmm. sends them to the show to ask. The person who's eating the popcorn, that's you. Right. Got it. So. So you're going to ask me questions. I don't that, all expa- from, that whole explanation was your, the answer. You're going to ask me I questions. Well, I'm not asking you a question, am I? Because the popcorn gallery it is asking It sounds like it. he doesn't really understand it at all if he thinks <laughs> we're asking. So, no, I'm not asking you a question. Oh, okay. I will, I'll tell you who is asking you a question. Somebody like Hug Life. Let's reach into the... <laughs> into the bag and see if there's a question from from Hug Life in there. Oh, that's good popcorn. This is... Oh, that was a character. I'm sorry. I got... I still have a hard time with that. That's a sound drop. That's called a sound drop. I'm learning. This is a question from Hug Life. Uh, just quick before we get into the questions, are you able to Chiron me at all in a podcast? Maybe every once in a while, like someone should just be like John Gabris Guy Code, just to couple, so people like, constantly reminded of who I am. You know when they cut in with like a weather emergency? Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. All right, cool. Beanie. Yeah, and the Beanie. new <laughs> the new thing is Beanie. hit me with use my Twitter handle as well if you can. John Gabris from Guy Code warning in the following areas: your ear holes. I like that. That I would appreciate that. And I think that your listeners would appreciate that too. As to be like, who's talking? Oh, at John Gabris is talking. Hug Life asks, this is actually not a good question, so we're going to rephrase it. For yes, him. he has a good area for a question and he doesn't know how to ask a question. But your show, Guy Code, is the premise of his question is your show, Guy Code, is an adaptation of the book, The Da Vinci Code. Why are you doing such a bad job with it? And um, what kind of secrets are going to be revealed in the next season? Oh, okay. Yeah. So 
the original source material of Guy Code season one was Da Vinci Code. Mm. But after the first season, we're following our own path. Mm. Okay. So Angels we don't have demons. any albino uh, demons, missions then. or anything. Yeah, we're, we're we're actually even past Angels and Demons. We're really, mm. we're doing a, like, se- season four comes out in April. That's the fourth season of Guy Code. The lost symbol. We're, we, yeah, we're, we're distancing ourselves from the Da Vinci Code as we go along. Digital Fortress. Yes. All the Dan Brown novels. Yeah. I see that. <laughs> but the first se- if you watch the first season, it's very heavy on, you know, Vitruvian myths and all the stuff from the Da Vinci and Co. Mm. Okay, uh, let's reach back into the popcorn bag, huh? I totally mm. get it now, by the way. <laughs> Soggy bag today. <clears throat> Sound drop. Now, uh, this is from Thelonious Junk. John? Where did you find the audacity to go on Pete Holmes' Nerdist podcast before doing Sean and Hayes' Earwolf podcast? Follow-up. How dare you? So that's, a, that's a two-part question. Now, I know these are coming from the popcorn gallery, mm-hmm. but it really feels like something you guys wanted to ask me. Well, the question was be... where, just where you found the audacity. Where did you find the audacity? It's not anything about well, who is asking it or it's whatever. It's where I find everything that I say or do. Within myself. Mm. Look back, January 31st, 1982, Mercy Hospital, Rockville Center, Long Island. From there until today, March 1st, 2014, Earwolf Studios, Hayes and Sean. Boom. Mm -hmm. I have that spectrum. Where do I find the audacity? It's in there. And so you're saying you were born a front runner. uh, And just like whoever was coming with the most cash or whatever up front regardless of artistic integrity you would go on a pete holmes podcast or i mean like yeah i mean wherever the juice was at the time exactly i know he's got a big listenership and i need the you know because viacom doesn't offer residual residuals and they air Mm -hmm. guy cut a lot but pete holmes like his podcast does have its sag after so for me to be able to do that and get residuals off that i got to think about you know i want to have kids someday mm-hmm. so i have something else to talk about because i haven't spoken about kids on a number of topics you're right? gonna yeah. love it being a father is the most rewarding thing about my life Steffi and i were took the girls to the zoo mm-hmm. this past week and they were just munching on the animal food <laughs> your daughters were just eating animal food yeah you know you put the quarter and you can get the pellets to feed the deer it's or some whatever. of the cheapest food you can you can get it's actually a really good deal yeah good deal i mean that's risky you don't know what's in that animal food and he's just giving it to his kids at john gabers see that's the kind of shit you can expect from me Let's I do that in conversation. I'll take a second out of the conversation and be like, all right, cool, I get it. My change is $1.25 because I'm buying uh, some Pellegrino. But I have a moment that I need to let everyone else in this pizzeria know about our interaction. So I'll turn to the group and be like, and just riff on that moment. And I, I see it. You know, I've gotten some you know, standing O's in various pizzerias and uh, Wawa's, but... You know, I see it often, man. People need to hear some shit sometimes. You know? You're just buying a Pellegrino and your change is $1.25? Yeah. Because I only have pay with a five. Yeah, I pay with a five. It's three seventy five. The Pellegrino costs three seventy five. What only, size Pellegrino? Uh, is the three liter. Big party party Pellegrino. Big. I see. I. It's a I've like a growler. It. It's a glass growler of Pellegrino. Because I, I, I don't know. I'm it's a fucking handle. You're not saying you don't host a show called Hollywood Handbook and not know anything about Pellegrino, right? All right, so I, this guy, Hayes, is over here talking about Pe- Pellegrino. Like, what's Pellegrino? What's Pellegrino? Hi, here's my hand. Welcome to the Hollywood Handbook. At John Gabers. No H in John or Br- Gabers. There's no H in my name whatsoever. Hmm. Unlike both well, of you. Well, Jonathan. Uh, I'm sorry. I, uh, I know I don't play characters, but John is my stage name. So if we could eliminate Jonathan, because I don't want anyone to think I'm playing a character when I play Jonathan. He's got his hand over the mic right now, but he is talking to me. Okay, I just want you, I just want you to know that, all right? Thank you. John, please. So what that long silence was, was he put his hand over the microphone so he couldn't be heard, but he uh, just... But I could hear him and Hayes could he, hear him he, too. he told something, a secret to us on the Yeah, you know, I just, I got to keep a little something for season five, sure. you know? Sure. I don't know any other books. <laughs> Reaching back into the popcorn bag. Um, oh, nobody popped these. And I'll ask the questions if that's... 
Yeah. Okay. It's just like, if I don't have the questions, it gives me nothing to, you know, we said at the beginning that I ask the questions and you do like the jokes and stuff and yeah. like, it's just like. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so the long silence you're hearing is Hayes and Sean are actually covering up the mics and having a private discussion, uh, like a secret, but do I just you want you to go back and ask the Thelonious. Do you want to drop in you asking the Thelonious John? Question? Yeah, let's do that. I'll just do it right now and then. And we'll put this in later. Yeah. And we'll put it in later. And Brett, make a note. John, where did you find the audacity to go on Pete Holmes' podcast before doing Sean and Hayes' podcast? Well, like I've said previously, we don't need that. We have the answer. We have the answer. Got it. January 31st, 1982, Rockwell Center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mercy Hospital. Yeah. Freya asks, which Oscar after party are you most looking forward to attending and who will you be avoiding at said party? Oh, I'll be at the MTV2 Oscar after party. Mm. One of the lesser known uh, after parties, but it's big for me as MTV2 talent for me mm. to be there. Is that and dog with two heads going to be there? The dog with two heads. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, the president of MTV2 had a dog who was uh, a Doberman Pinscher. who was born with a birth defect. And mm. it's pretty much where the whole idea of MTV2 came from. It's like we get it. MTV is just a normal dog. But what about the weird disfigured dog brother and then we're like well that's where we could put our more urban shows mm-hmm. our more male centric shows like a two headed dog you put it up you know in the high cha- you know to find MTV2 you need to hit search you can't just it's look. not actually channel 2 like it implies right no it's not and it's not even just one channel past MTV mm-hmm. no it's like channel 800 that's VH1 right and I don't know that not to argue with you too much, but to argue a little, I don't know that MTV is just a normal dog. Mm-hmm. It's not two-headed, but I think it's almost like a Spuds McKenzie kind of party dog. It's I a mean, more don't e- we feel that way about MTV? Yeah, MTV is a more edgy, is a mutt as compared to the golden the the golden lab of you know something like the Food Network mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or like the news. The news, right? The news is a labradoodle, mm-hmm. if I've ever heard it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but to answer your question, I'll be at the MTV2 after party with uh, Lil Duval, Charlemagne the God, Chris DiStefano, Dan Soder. But who will you be avoiding was the second part of the question. I will be <laughs> avoiding um, a number of cast members from both Guy Code and Girl Code and Sway. Oh. Sway crossed me hard. Uh, a couple of years ago at a Guy Court rap party. We we're having a Guy Court rap party. Guy Court, for those of you who aren't familiar, is the Guy Code spinoff where we represent people in court. It's people's court meets Guy Code. Mm. And uh, Sway, he cr- he crossed me big time. You know, he told he some crossed pe- you over? He told some people about uh, a Cross short film up. I was in in college. And mm. in that film, I... Broke your ankles? Yeah. He, well, separately, I... I didn't want to get into that story, but yes, I used to play basketball uh, in all guy code team versus an all VJ team, and Sway has a mean UTEP two-step, dropped my ankles, fucking left my shoes in one spot, and he had a solid layup. That being said- but tell The short film, yeah, sorry, Sway, I interrupted. Sway yeah. told some people about a short film I was in in college where I played someone named Dan who was a college freshman and mm. a stoner and stuff like that. So it was a- it was a departure for me to change. I played pretty much myself, but my character's name was Dan, and Sway got a hold of it and showed it at the party, and a lot of people were really, really pissed off because you know they believe me to be one thing, this truth teller, and then they find out that I've acted in the past. We do, uh, we do a lot of things in college that we'd like to yeah. forget. Yeah. yeah, we experiment a little bit with you know kissing and whatever. It's like it's not like. You don't know who you are yet, so mm-hmm. you're willing to try being just about anybody. Mm-hmm. And and I think that we've all got some people that maybe we've kissed. kissed or- yeah. When I was in college, I wasn't prepared to you know look back upon myself back to January 31st, 1982, uh, Mercy Hospital, Rockville Center, Long Island. I wasn't able mm-hmm. to look back to that point. I was living in the now. I wasn't using myself as inspiration. I was using other things like media and other people as inspiration. Now I find mm-hmm. inspiration only inside myself. John, I was wondering, could you do us a favor and rank the casts of Girl Code and Guy Code in order of funniness, starting with the least funny person or someone who's maybe not funny at all? Um... Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I, I, I could do that. Um, whew, who, where do you start? Well, here's the thing. 
not everyone is funny, obviously, but they're yeah. there for a different reason, whether it be their look or the fact that they got some popularity from something else and the uh, studio mandates or the mm-hmm. network mandates put this person on. Or they're like, experts at like code breaking. Which right. A lot. For- yeah. Some of them are more on the some of them are more on the guy spectrum and some mm-hmm. of them are more on the code spectrum. Mm-hmm. You need both. You need both. And sometimes, you know. Just no one's really, no one's actually that funny on the show. Like none of us are really funny. We're more truthful with, like I said, like a little giggle truth, John. a little bit to shake the rust, shake the shackles off you with a little laugh. John, I'm laughing my butt off at some of the stuff you say. None of us are really funny on the show. Oh well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. We're trying. That's the biggest joke of all. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He's saying is that you're no not place funny. for false modesty. So who's bad? Uh like, uh, to be, you know, mostly the girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That but makes sense. I would put them all, like, tied for last. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there it goes the white guys, and then the black guys are the funniest. And, and Mr. Sogenist would go, I agree with that. Solid character. Yeah. You He's already out, come to life in such a short amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, if only, if, if only I had a skill set like that, I would be mm-hmm. great to be able to do a character every now and then. But not me. Just myself dropping fucking straight up truth bombs. Mm. Nagasaki and his Oshima. Now, John, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, of course, uh, this week uh, Dex Dexter bought the pro version. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And uh, yeah. And as a reward for the pro version, uh, John Gabrus is going to do sort of a talking head riff on yeah. your name. He'll do Dex it like a, yeah. criticize you in yeah. the yeah, capsule. Yeah, he's going to kind of take De- you down. All right. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Dexter, are you sure that's what you want to name your son? Dex Dexter? Okay. I mean, that's like naming me John and my last name being Johnson. All right. Let's get out of here. So you're welcome. That's maybe the best prize we've ever given out on this show. (laughs) Thanks for buying the pro version, Dex Dexter. Please rate us on iTunes. Write a little something nice about us. Give us a five-star rating. Send us a good message on Facebook. Send us a good message on Facebook like Tim Pearson did. Set your DVR for Guy Code if I can jump in here. It starts in early April. Mm. Channel 1,856, I think, if you want it in HD. 1856, and, and go ahead and watch If you're on HD. U-verse, yeah, yeah. If you're on U-verse, which of course you should be. Uh, and so like us on Facebook pages and uh, get on the forums. And uh, get get on us. the forums. Get on the forums. Yeah, it's me. Get on the forums. Good luck standing on your computer at John Gabers. No H's. Bye. Bye. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead. That was a HeadGum Podcast.